Today, I'm going to introduce you to a quirky shortcut along Ireland's wild Atlantic Way. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Traveling in Ireland podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Eugene Mayer, who is with Shannon Ferries. Now, Eugene, I'm, I'm forgetting just off the top of my mind exactly what you do, but I know you're relatively important. Well, I don't know how you'd describe me as important, but they describe me as the manager of the company, so I have responsibility for everything that goes on here. I would think that's relatively important. I suppose so. I suppose so. Now, Shannon Ferries are, I mean, you've been in business for quite a number of years, but it's still for tourists to Ireland maybe a little bit of a a hidden shortcut, if you will, along the Wild Atlantic Way. That's correct. Uh, we're in operation coming up to 50 years now. Uh, we started our business here back in 1969 when the first vessel was commissioned for this route here, a vessel named the Shannon Heather. Um, so we've quite a long history. Um, in that time, we've, we've become part of the National Route Network, which is the N67 connect in County Clare, connecting the N69 in County Kerry. Um, and we are very much a shortcut uh, across the Shannon Estuary as opposed to the drive inland and around the estuary, which takes you an additional two hours of uh, driving time. Traditional tourists generally have their map out and they're looking at uh, how to get from A to B. Uh, but quite often, uh, many maps, uh, the traditional paper map or magazine map, doesn't show you the alternative routes, particularly ferry routes taking you mm -hmm. across estuaries and whatnot. So it is to a certain extent hidden in that mm -hmm. regard, but many of our local people will always advise the tourists that look at where you're going, take the ferry or whatever the case may be. But notwithstanding that, look at we have to challenge with the national route network that's out there, uh, and that's just the nature of our business. Right. Well, and even um, Google Maps or Bing Maps or, you know, whatever mapping software it is you use will very rarely uh, let you know that the ferry is there. If you are mapping, let's say, from Killarney and County Kerry to the Cliffs of Mohar, it will often take you um, up through Limerick and then around. Yeah, that is correct, and it's one of the challenges for our business to overcome that, and indeed we are working closely with uh, Google to actually rectify that at the moment. And it's not that Google do doesn't recognize it. The difficulty with it is many people are using uh, devices such as their uh, PDAs or mm -hmm. iPads or whatever the case may be, and when you bring up a Google map for your location, these are very small devices, and generally you'll get you know, a general location right. map arising first. But as you expand those maps out, you will see actually the ferry route mm -hmm. on the locations. But again, that's very local. So when you're looking at the map in its broader context like in that, it, it doesn't necessarily show the route. 
However, if you actually input uh, your destination, you know, and you use uh, your uh, maps to, from the location you're in, and let's say for argument's sake you're in Killarney and you're travelling to the Cliffs of Moher, uh, both of which are on the Wild Atlantic Way, mm -hmm. and both of which are uh, would use this route uh, for access. So if you actually use the directional uh, capabilities of Google Maps, they will actually send you to the ferry. Of course, <coughs> these are often looking at parameters such as distance travelled and time to travel, mm -hmm. and then of course there is the whole issue of tolling. Mm -hmm. uh, and in effect, right. the ferry operation is to a certain extent a form of toll in the sense that right. you have to pay to travel on the ferry. The same way as, for example, you have to pay in the toll uh, on the Limerick Tunnel. Mm -hmm. Now. However, it all depends on the exact location you're traveling to, and more often than not, particularly for the tourist, the ferry is the optimal route, given that it certainly shortens the distance. But I think more important than the distance traveled, or indeed the cost of that travel, is the novelty uh, that a trip on a ferry often gives to many tourists, many of them who live inland or would never have much access to water. Uh, and also the 20-minute break you have while you are on board the ferry as you cross the estuary. Uh, many people often forget that, and particularly if you're driving a distance, as I said, from Killarney to the Cliffs of Moher, which is probably around a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Mm -hmm. But if you can have a 20-minute break, but you're still traveling because the ferry <laughs> is actually taking you there, it's a huge novelty. It's a huge novelty and a break from driving. It, it truly is a huge novelty. I know that it's one of my daughter's favorite things to do is to, you know, to get on a car ferry. And, you know, for many people, um, especially who don't live uh, near an ocean or a large body of water, the amount of vehicles and the size of the vehicles that these ferries can actually have aboard is kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we operate two vessels on the particular route here on the Wild Atlantic Way. The vessels, one has a 54-car capacity and the other has a 60-car capacity. However, they're also capable of carrying coaches, HGVs, all traffic that virtually <coughs> travels on Irish mm -hmm. roads can travel on board those ferries. So they're quite substantial. Uh, okay, they're inland ferries, so you cannot compare them to seagoing right. vessels, you know, which are substantially larger. But as inland vessels go, these are quite significant. They have a passenger capacity of 350 passengers. So during high season, regularly, you are traveling with 350 other people. Mm -hmm. uh, that number is very much dictated by how many coaches are on board. The vessels are capable of carrying 10 coaches at a time, uh, you know, in addition to the cars that it actually carries. You know, so they're not insignificant. But a lot of the novelty, indeed, of travelling on board the ferry is the fact that you have so many people on and they're all up on the upper decks mm -hmm. uh, using, using the photo opportunities that exist as you travel across the estuary, but also the relaxation, uh, the time to have a cup of coffee on board, to use the toilet facilities, or just to shoot the breeze and enjoy the scenery as you cross. Right, and it is really, I mean, it feels kind of like a little bit of an event. I suppose that if you're doing it every day, um, as part of, you know, getting to and from work, it probably doesn't have the same effect. But I know that as a traveler, it's kind of an event. You know, you get on board and you, you pay your toll and then you get out of the car and, and there's a snack shop on board. So you can, you know, buy a cup of tea and, you know, a bit of chocolate or my girls like to get the ice cream. 
and then you you climb up to the top and and you have your 20 minute crossing and you know just you know there's another ferry coming the other way you know um if it's if it's a busy season <clears throat> or you know you may see what dolphin i know come into the estuary um That's and rich. quite a few mm -hmm. birds mm-hmm yeah there's, look, there's a huge uh it, this area is, uh, in general is what we call a special area of conservation and there is uh, extraordinary interest in the flora, the fauna, uh, you know, and all of that that exists in the actual area. And I can, but going back to where you started from with the points, I can, that we even as an operation, we've existed for almost 50 years now, and our primary concern has been as a transport uh, product, i.e. a means of getting people from A to B. And you're quite right. Those of us that travel every day on it just take it for granted. Oh, sure, on the ferry, off the ferry, what's new, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> but we very often forget the soft side of what is our business uh, and the linkage that we provide, if you want, to two iconic destinations on the west coast of Ireland, i.e. County Clare and County Kerry. Um, and we have uh, began to work much, much harder on that side of it to let our guests know that, number one, it exists and it's there, that the service operates 364 days a year, uh, you know, and that it is a very convenient uh, and novel uh, trip to actually take. And we're working harder with the likes of yourself, Jody, to actually get that message across to people that, look, at there is a nice uh, handy shortcut here across the Shannon Estuary. It offers you the opportunity to take a break and use the restroom. It offers you an opportunity to enjoy the scenery, as I said, and the flora and fauna of the area, uh, and have that break, you know, from driving. You know, and as I said, we often forget that novelty, but that's hugely important mm -hmm. to our guests, and they just love that. And we often look at, you know, whether it be our TripAdvisor reviews or our Google reviews or, uh, or any of those medium, and we're shocked to see what people think is nice about it, which is something that we happen to take for granted. <laughs> You know, and uh, you often heard the same, what's familiar like, and that is right. <laughs> of least interest to you, you know. Uh, but we must remember that, look, 60% of the people who travel here are people who travel from abroad, uh, you know, to enjoy a relaxing break uh, in the Irish countryside. And this is what they love, you know, but you can't take it for granted. It's too important. <laughs> now, the Wild Atlantic Way is... An initiative that is what I think it's four years old now going into its fourth year and that has really drawn people um, out of the city so out of out of Dublin out of Cork out of Galway and to really get them out to explore that wild Atlantic coast of Ireland have you noticed um, a large increase in in traffic is it more steady year-round due to that has it has it had a big effect on business? Yeah, look, the, the Wild Atlantic Way, albeit very much in, in its infancy, has been one of the greatest, uh, you know, let's use the word, inventions or marketing <laughs> tools that has actually arisen. And, and let's not underestimate it like in that. Number one, the Wild Atlantic Way, forget about the brand name for a moment like in that, this has existed for millions mm -hmm. of years, long before you and I and whatnot. So, there's nothing new there. The landscape of the west coast of Ireland is as real and as rustic and as raw as it has always has been. 
But what the Wild Atlantic Way has done, i.e. the brand Wild Atlantic Way, it has made a very, very clearly identifiable route that highlights all of the key uh, attractions, the hidden gems, mm -hmm. the, you know, the things that a tourist is actually looking for. And what it has also done is it has brought the tourism industry and the local people very much together in terms of delivering an experience that the tourist is actually looking for and that they can walk away from the west coast of Ireland and say, I enjoyed that, I enjoyed uh, the scenery, I enjoyed the vistas, I enjoyed the people, I enjoyed the food. <laughs> and what you now have is uh, a whole system uh, of providers who have come together to provide what is a very, very unique experience. Um, I often use the word the authentic Irish experience, but mm -hmm. that's been a bit disingenuous. It's not that any other part of Ireland isn't authentic, but authentic in a different way. I think it's the, it's the ruthless beauty uh, of the west coast of Ireland and the ruggedness of it, you know, and it has scenery and a coastline that's really very hard to equal in any part of the world. Uh, and there are many parts of the world that are beautiful and probably equally as beautiful, but this one is very unique because of its rawness, uh, you know, and the Wild Atlantic Way has packaged all of that together mm -hmm. and has led to a significant interest again in the west coast of Ireland. Uh, and we're all reaping the rewards of it, whether it be providers like ourselves or uh, the food and pubs of the west coast of mm -hmm. Ireland or the event providers like everybody has benefited from this. And our belief is that from the information that we've garnered from the surveys that have been done both by the individual providers and Falsh Ireland, the tourist likes what they see. And it's certainly resonating around the world. But many people still haven't even heard of it. It's very much in its infancy. But it is working. It has <laughs> proved it's worth it. And it will continue to work, I have no doubt. And well, and, you know, I think one of the best things about this initiative is that it you know, it brings together the very rural and rustic countryside that people were missing, but then, you know, it kind of strings it in with the stops that they know and the larger cities. So, you know, it, it, it can, you can do a trip that takes you from Galway to the Cliffs of Moher and then, um, you know, maybe around Loop Head down into Kerry and along along that, that western coast of Kerry that I think people really missed by cutting up, you know, kind of through the center from maybe Killarney to Adair to Limerick. Um, yeah. You know, that coastline was, was very, I, I don't know yeah, the proper it, word, you know, but you know, just things, missed. Yeah, one of the things that the Wild Atlantic Way has attempted to do is identify just as it says in the tent, the hidden gems of the wild Atlantic coastline. And if we go back again and we talk about Google and mapping and how a traditional tourist gets their way around Ireland like that, is you pull out the map and you follow the main roads uh, to the particular things that you want to see or mm -hmm. that you've identified that you want to see. But many uh, is the time that you will miss what are really, really true uh, Irish experiences, true Irish culture and history. Uh, heritage, landscapes, like that, that you don't see when you're traveling what we call the, the primary routes. Mm -hmm. like that. If you go a little bit off-road, and that's exactly what the Wild Atlantic Way has done, it hasn't stuck to the primary routes. It has gone off-road, it has hugged the Atlantic coastline. And some of the things that you mentioned there, the, for example, Loophead, 
probably the, as remote and as rustic and as unspoiled a piece of terrain that you mm -hmm. have in this country uh, probably doesn't exist anywhere else because it has been totally untapped. It's totally uncommercialized. It's very much about the eco-friendly uh, destination, mm -hmm. and it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's a little bit off the main route, but a beautiful product, absolutely fantastic. And similarly in the North Kerry area, you know, okay, traditionally places like Bally, or, um, uh, Bally Bunyan in mm -hmm. years gone by uh, would have been very, very hot spots, for particularly of Irish tourism and to a certain extent uh, American tourism, and of course the resonance with golf and Bally Bunyan Golf Club. But as you move a bit further south from that and head to areas like Ardbert and Kerry mm -hmm. Head and Seenet, I mean, these are just magnificent uh, uh, destinations, and no traffic out there. Right. Totally isolated, like that. And they have a magnificent culture, they have magnificent food, you know, and less commercialized, I think, really, is the word I'm actually looking for. They're right. very rustic, and they're very beautiful, like that, and they're raw, like that. And there's a lot out there that people should see, you know, and I think must see. And that's one of the things that Wild Atlantic Way is attempting to actually do. It's attempting to actually move away from the traditional uh, marquee uh, mm -hmm. destinations, if you want to call it that, and spread all of the knowledge of all of these other areas out there like and that, so people can really and enjoy them like and that. And again, we in Ireland tend to take these things for granted. I sure have been to Phoenix and I've been to Kerry Head like <laughs> that, but we're there's four million of a population here like and that. There's couple of billion out there in the rest of the world that haven't seen us like in that and it, it really is a, a very very beautiful and a very authentic experience and there's kind of a magic there to feel like you've discovered something I know that my my very first trip to Ireland in 2002 I I you know saw something in the distance that looked like it was cone-shaped so I just kind of started following it and I ended yeah. up at Ratu Round Tower which is in I don't think it's yes. too far from Ardford. No, it's not. It's literally just um, down the road from us, like and that. But again, these are the hidden yeah. gems that I actually talk about out there, like and that. And very often, there's a very unique culture and a very unique history surrounding a lot of these locations, you know. And again, if we go back to the Wild Atlantic Way, the Wild Atlantic Way and its brand have attempted to identify these and provide the information to the people. Mm -hmm. And it's very much in its infancy, but more and more you're going to see these real uh, gems coming out there and be promoted much uh, greater among uh, the tourist fraternity, like and that, so that they can come and can enjoy them, like and that, and have proper mapping that will lead them directly to where these destinations are. Uh, you know, and don't get me wrong, the marquee destinations will always be the marquee mm -hmm. destinations. For example, the Cliffs of Motor, I mean, it probably will be unchallenged as a premier uh, and a marquee destination right. in Ireland for many years to come, like and that. But it can be busy, and it's not everybody's cup of tea, you know. Many will like much more quaint and mm -hmm. quieter and, you know, less rushed experiences, like and that. Right. And if that's what you're looking for, that's what these uh, destinations provide is a much quieter environment, more time to enjoy and relax and soak up, you know, the Irishness that exists in these <laughs> locations, and that's very important. Well, and there's also something kind of magical about being the only person at a site yeah. and, and having the freedom to wander and poke around and explore, and I think that 
you know, this initiative has, has maybe opened that up a little bit to people to, you know, realize yeah. that, you know, exploration is okay. And I think that's been a great benefit. Yeah, and that is the idea, you know. And again, I'm a great believer on a personal level in not necessarily having a planned trip where I have to be in A, B, or C at any point in time. I love, just love to go with the flow, mm-hmm. you know. And I think one of the secrets to Ireland and its culture and its people has been that ability to assure, look, we'll get there whenever, <laughs> you know, and that laid-back type of attitude, you know. And I think to really experience, uh, you know, Ireland, you need to kind of just go with the flow and wherever you end up, you end up, you know, and learn about its people, uh, immerse yourself in the people mm-hmm. and the culture and the history of that particular area. Because while we're a terribly, terribly small country, there are very, very diverse cultures and personalities, you know, right up and down throughout this country. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that <coughs> people need to experience when they come here, uh, you know. And there is this imagery out there of this surreal experience in Ireland, right, and that. And that very often can only be attained, you know, in the quietness of time with your own uh, <laughs> thoughts, like, and that. And there are beautiful areas out there that you can actually uh, enjoy that and have that time to just relax in your own space, you know, and do your own right. thing. And there's plenty of it out there. Loads to be explored, yes. <laughs> Loads to be explored. There always is. There's always more. Now, back to your fairies. So you have two fairies that run... Um, pretty much year-round, is this correct? Year-round, yeah. We sail 364 days a year. The only day that's missing is Christmas Day because we do like to have a little bit of turkey dinner and relax <laughs> afterwards. So we take that day off. We take that day off. But we operate two ferries on the route <coughs> in high season. Mm-hmm. High season is usually kind of May through September, mm-hmm. depending on demand. Uh, so all in all, we have nearly 11,500 sailings a year <laughs> here like on that. Just We're a few. We pride ourselves in our reliability. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had for in excess of 10 years now uh, higher than 99.5% reliability. So it's a pretty reliable service. Like that. We're not terribly affected by weather because mm-hmm. being an inland uh, ferry service, we're not prone to uh, terrible tidal or uh, conditions here. Right. We don't have high waves or anything like that. So even in the roughest of conditions, the ferry trip is relatively calm, you know, and right. quite often people are on board and they don't even know they're sailing across the water, <laughs> you know. So we're not prone to the vagaries of, you know, seagoing vessels and the, you know, the potential right. for rough seas or anything like that, you know. So it's a very reliable uh, service, very calm service, you know, and even in the worst of weather, and again, if we go back to the Wild Atlantic Way, the Wild Atlantic Way does exactly what it says in the same <laughs> Four seasons in one day, you right. know, and you can enjoy all four while you're on board that ferry. <laughs> you and know, and that's part of the experience. Right, and it's it's a very easy service to use. Um, you follow the signs for the ferry on either, you know, either from Claire or Carrie. It's very well signposted as you approach. Um, let's see, it's Tarbert in Carrie and. Kilmer in Clare, am I in right? Clare, that's correct, yeah. So, correct. Um, you know, navigating toward those towns, very easy to follow the signs for the ferry, and then you just wait in line until the ferry arrives, and yes. you, you know, you follow your your guided, you know, your, your uh, 
wave, you know, they kind of wave you aboard and tell you where to go and you stop your car and you pay. So it's, it's very easy to do and it's not something that people have to necessarily book in advance, although they can. Am I correct? Yes. Well, no, you don't. We don't. We operate a first come, first okay. serve. But well, but like they can that. buy their ticket in well, advance. They can buy their ticket in advance. That's correct. And we recommend that people buy in advance because number one, that's where the best value offers are. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, it makes it a very seamless process once they arrive at the ferry and get on board. They're not messing with money or mm -hmm. cards or anything like that. Right. So it takes a lot, a lot of the, 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 the process out of that. One of the things we pride ourselves in is our ability to respond to traffic levels and move them quickly, safely, and seamlessly uh, from one uh, destination to the other. And we, we're quite efficient at it. Uh, you literally queue up, you drive on uh, as you approach the ferry, you drive off the other side. You don't have an awful lot of interaction with our people, unfortunately, because, again, it happens all so quick and all so seamlessly, mm -hmm. and everybody just goes about their business, whether it's to enjoy uh, the upper decks on board the ferry or to, you know, do their photo opportunity or whatever the case right. may be, but it's a very seamless service. It is well-timed posters uh, in the local destinations, and indeed, look at follow the Wild Atlantic Way signage and you'll end up at some stage at the ferry, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's going north or south, like and that. But, yeah, it's a very reliable, very convenient service. It doesn't put out on anybody's, uh, you know, whatever it is they want to do on the mm -hmm. day. We just provide a means of getting from one side of the estuary to the other and save you a two-hour drive around. Exactly, exactly. And that's, it's definitely a handy service. It's easy to use. Um, and like I said, it's kind of an event for us when we do it because it, you know, it's just a little, a little bit different, and it's, it's a great, a great quirky fun is the thing. word that's yeah. often used. There you go. Quirky, quirky is works. the word that's often used. Yeah. You quirky know, works. So people like it. People like it. Well, I'm gonna wrap this up. Question that I always ask um, in my podcast, and that is three places that you would recommend uh, visitors in Ireland go to. Do you have three places that, you know, maybe are not, you know, not highly touristed that should be or, you know, yes, a lot of people go there, but there's good reason and you should definitely not miss it? Anything that you can think of? I, look, I have loads of places in Ireland that I love to go to and I go quite rare, as often as I can and try to holiday in Ireland as often as I can. But there are, there are three that probably come to mind immediately. and. The reasons they come to mind is because I have some affinity with them, uh, mm -hmm. and I'll explain as I go along. Perfect. The first would probably be the Inishwan Peninsula uh, in Donegal. Now, that's right up at the very northerly tip uh, of County Donegal, or indeed Ireland, right? And, that. and the reason I like that one is I'm a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy my golf, and there are a couple of hidden gems up in Donegal, uh, from Port Island to Ballyliffin to Donegal. They're just fabulous golf courses. Okay. And they're so easy to access, you know, and such great value, you know, compared mm -hmm. to, if you want, the marquee golf courses like La Henge and uh, Ballybunion. And don't get me wrong, they are marquee courses like that. But the Inishon Peninsula offers just really beautiful scenery, beautiful golf, and I've never had a bad experience up there. So that would be one 
again for a personal reason because mm-hmm. I like golf. Of course, like, of but course. not just that. The scenery is fabulous, really, really good. Um, the next, uh, I would have to say, is probably the likes of Blue Pet. Okay. And the reason I chose that one, well, it's very much on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally like to walk in the quietness of, you know, my own head, like and that, and it offers a fantastic opportunity to do that. It's so unspoiled, uh, so uncommercial, uh, and has that really, really rural, rustic beauty about it, like and that, you know. So that would be my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three, um, I'm going to go off the Wild Atlantic Way, and I'm actually go to Dunmore East in County Waterford. And why do I choose that? I actually lived there for a period of time, many years ago, uh, and I remember when I was moved from, when I was living in Galway City, I moved down to Waterford, and for the first year I was living down there, I rented an apartment in Dunmore East, and Dunmore East is a beautiful uh, old world fishing village, mm-hmm. uh, just eight miles outside Waterford City, but it is, again, just a gem. Uh, beautiful pubs, beautiful restaurants, uh, absolutely fabulous, uh, you know, beach and this kind of um, rugged landscape and you're looking right across that Hookhead Lighthouse, uh, you know, and the shipping traffic as it, as it goes up the Waterford uh, estuary. It's a real gem like on that. And again, I've had an association with it. <laughs> I haven't been there in a few years. I must get back there soon, like on that, and investigate again. But again, that would be my number three. All for very different reasons. Sporting, oh, wonderful. Some quiet time and some gastric time. <laughs> that, so wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, and and I love that. Uh, you know, they they all have different, you know, kind of different um, feeling to them. Uh, in a show, and of course is. Nearly as, I mean, it, as far north as you can get and almost as remote as you can get in Ireland. Um, yeah. Truly, truly the wild part up there. And Loophead, yeah. um, the one thing I noticed with Loophead last year, we we uh, went out and you you need to make sure you have enough fuel. Because <laughs> there's no well, place out there to get it's fuel. It's a bit out. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that that's one of the things that I I I, I like about it mm-hmm. is lack of commercialization. Yes. And I mean, even even in terms of living out there, like in that, it's so remote, you know. But it's that's one of the beauties of it, actually. You know, how many places in Ireland can you find that are remote, uncommercialized, mm-hmm. and have a very unique identity? And it has it. I don't think there's anywhere else uh, in the country that has that uh, ultra-rural mm-hmm. environment. Ultra-rural is right. It certainly has that. And then uh, Dunmore East, obviously, you know, overshadowed, if you would say, by Waterford City. And, you know, you're probably going to not run into many tourists there and have a great opportunity to, to really soak in the culture. Yeah, yeah, it's very much so like on that, and it has it, it has a very unique culture also like on that, you know, and uh, it's it, it's very much if you want, uh, it's a hidden gem that's mm-hmm. probably best known 
by water for the people themselves and best utilised by water for the mm -hmm. people themselves, like and that. But it's a wonderful place to visit and spend some time in it, you know, and enjoy the restaurants that are there because they are good, they're very <laughs> enjoyable, like and that. And uh, yeah, it would be up there on the list with myself. Again, I've had an association with right. it, but I think other people should enjoy it as well. Well, I love those suggestions, Eugene, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, you know, Shannon Ferries, we've used them, we enjoy them, and they really are just, you know, that little shortcut. If you don't have, you know, if you don't have Limerick or Bunratty Castle on your itinerary, it really is just the quickest way to get from, from Clare to Cary. Absolutely, absolutely. You can buy your tickets for Shannon Ferries online at shannonferries.com. You can also follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Shannon Ferries.